0: Welcome to the latest episode of Cool Culture Corner. We discuss ways how we can better involve our teams for better productivity, better profits and growth, I am your host, Ken Bader for Cool Culture Corner. So happy to bring back uh, Cool Culture Corner after a little bit of a hiatus. And I have a great guest to kick off the latest season. Her name is Leslie Hassler. Uh, She doesn't hassle. At least she won't on this show, she promised me. But she is Leslie Hassler. And she is a small business scaling strategist. She helps women-owned service businesses achieve profits and sustainable growth by fixing cash flow, scalability, and team. And don't we all need that as we're hopefully, knock on wood, coming out of the pandemic. Leslie, welcome to the show.
1: Howdy. I'm excited to be here.
0: I love the howdy. See, you know, I love, I love my Texas guests because they're, they're always coming with big smiles, big attitudes, and big ideas. <laughs> yeah,
1: we don't know how to play small in Texas.
0: No, no, especially with your barbecue, which I love. <laughs>
1: which we just had for dinner last night. It was very yummy.
0: There you go. Leftovers, too, I hope.
1: <laughs> always the best. Second day leftovers of brisket. Oh, delicious. Oh
0: don't you know don't even get me started I'm, 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 I'm hungry I haven't eaten today yet thanks Leslie <laughs> but let's talk about your work you, you yeah. are a, a great expert and strategist for small businesses and God knows small businesses is have taken it somewhat on the chin over the last 12 months yeah tell us what you do and what you're doing for small businesses right now through all of this
1: Well, exactly like you said, the things that I'm really good with is exponential growth and scalability. And those are two different things that business owners get confused all the time, by the way. Um, But we do it in a way that A is cash forward because that's the biggest challenge we have as small business owners. 80% of the reasons business fail, money. Um, and we do,
0: say that again. <laughs> I, I say, go figure.
1: <laughs> go figure. Um, and then, you know, anytime, especially service-based businesses, our greatest resource is always going to be our team and the people, because you're using your head, your heart and your hands to actually perform services for other people. So the team element is a huge component of it. And I loved how you were talking about productivity through team, most definitely. But I think we're... One of the things that we kind of help business owners understand is times have changed. Markets are changing. Change happens at a frightening pace. But most business owners are still running their business like that same linear kind of waterfall type of methodology that really just kicks you in the pants um, more often than not. So we just, we help change the mindsets. We help change some expectations. And at the end of the day, have the business deliver on all the reasons why you started your business, you know, freedom, yeah. income, impact, all those good things.
0: Right, right. Exactly. And you're, you're so spot on on change happens quickly. Um, Yeah, I joke with with my wife. There's a colleague of mine that I know that was really big in, in real estate in the early 2000s. And we know what happened around 2008, 2009. And as he said, he reinvented himself. Um, to work in uh, sales for hotels and event planning and everything. And he reinvented that. I hadn't talked to him in a while. I'm like, how's he doing now? (laughs) How many many times are you expected to to reinvent yourself?
1: (laughs) You know, I think that's really interesting um, because that same exponential change that happens, it's actually something you can harness. Mm. And if you could look at these opportunities as... Just pivot. I hate the word pivot.
0: Thank you. Um, and, okay. you know, if, me, if you were if you were on set right now, I would hug you because I five. am so tired. Boom. I am so tired of hearing the word pivot. <laughs>
1: well, let me give you let me give you an analogy so you can imagine. Sure. You know, when they launch a space shuttle and the space shuttle has its its target trajectory. Right. That space shuttle doesn't follow a very smooth flight path. It actually follows a very jagged one that kind of over time gives the illusion of smoothness, but it's it's just a, a lot of course corrections along the way. I think hopefully people have understood that these course corrections are normal. We've just not been doing them, you, you know, and so if you There's some elements there, but if you can do this with intention and with strategy, you ultimately choose your destination versus your destination being chosen for you. And COVID chose a lot of destinations for people, but you were in control up to that point in time.
0: Yeah,
1: You know, so let's, there's just, I think we have to have different conversations as business owners and what success is going to look like uh, for the future.
0: Right. Right. Well, let's have a conversation on our, our main topic, which I didn't even yeah. mention. Yeah, I was so excited about the new season. I didn't say we're going to be talking about X uh, in terms of reviving uh, an empowered and disengaged team or actually reviving and empowering a disengaged team, I should say, yeah. because there's there's a lot of disengagement. And it's not just from COVID. There was unrest. There's a lot of divisiveness. There's there's different there's different opinions, let's just say, before we turn this yeah. into a political show. Um, you know, as we get back, you know, into something that looks normal. We'll never have a normal, I believe, but something that looks something like normal. You know, how do how do we get teams back to to be reengaged re-engaged, to be empowered?
1: Well, normal's a cycle in the washing machine. Right. Right. You know, as far as that's Which concerned. Which
0: actually doesn't work. My damn my damn washer's broken. I could do heavy, and I could do like some kind of quick thing, but but normal, normal doesn't even see. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it a task already. Normal doesn't even exist in my washing machine. So let's throw normal, normal
1: out. Doesn't really exist as the point. <laughs> um, but you know, here's the thing. I think you've got to realize, as the business owner, as the leader, ultimately of your team, is that first off, you need fluid leadership. You need to understand. What type of leadership you need for this situation? I think too many times we try to get these formulas or these like this book is the ultimate answer. Well, this book is the ultimate answer when you're at that stage with this kind of a team and da 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 da. da right? Is really understanding how you can flow to meet your team where they are. Um, the second thing I think is really essential here is to assume that everyone on your team, all they want to do is a good job, and all they want to hear is how good of a job they did. Right. So I always assume that people, until they prove otherwise, they're coming from a really good place.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. They prove otherwise, let's handle it. Let's nip that puppy in the bud fast. Um, but, you know, assume that they're coming from a good place. So even if the behavior isn't what we want, Mm -hmm. assume that we can turn that around. Um, and then I think the last part of it is, is understanding that everybody has a story that they're telling themselves. I think too often as, as leaders, we, we get tired of hearing ourselves talk, you know, and so we choose not to say anything because we assume everybody knows. Well, I was in a conference one time and there was a leadership person up speaking and somebody says, when do I get to stop saying our mission and vision? He goes, well, you know, that that pit in your stomach that makes you want to throw up at the thought of saying it one more time. And he goes, yes, always. And he goes, yeah, you're just getting started. <laughs> and it's the truth. You know, I have two teenage boys. I have to say the same thing over and over and over and over. But you know what, if I want that same outcome. I'm going to say it over and over and over. Yeah. So I think we have to really understand. Um, get over. I think there's some people get like, well, oh, why can't they just do their jobs? Will you? Are you helping them get their jobs done? Mm-hmm. Is a really good question there. Um, why can't they just do what I want them to do? Probably because I can't read your mind. You know, just saying. So we we have to start here in order to be able to do this. And sometimes, especially when I've seen when a business is on this precipice, uh, cliff, precipice. Say, precipice. <laughs> Let me help
0: you out there. It's a tough please word here in the morning you. on a Monday.
1: <laughs> Don't worry, please do, because I mispronounce words all the time and I make them up too. Um, but where we're at this point in our business where we're really going to transition from a growth mode into a scalability mode, sometimes the thing that's keeping it from happening is the team and how the team works together, which includes the leader. And a lot of times what I'll see is that the teams aren't communicating well. They're, they don't feel appreciated or valued. So get this kind of like, well, nobody's going to care if I do it or not. So I'm not going to do it. Or if so, Sue's just going to do it for me. Why do I bother? Like there's this, all this story, all this conversation that happens in their heads. And so we really just want to, change that. So we get ownership, we get collaboration, we get engagement, because scalability is going to be much more about your team than it's going to be about you.
0: Yep. Yep. I, you know, I obviously picked the right person to kick off the new season of cool culture corner. Uh, Cause I, it's like, I heard a female me for the last five minutes or so <laughs> this is perfect. But if nothing, if nothing else, it validates all the things that I teach. Um, you know, you, as I said in, in the best of cool culture quarter last month, yeah, execution is a people problem. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not a strategy problem. You could have a beautiful strategy on paper, uh, but if you're not executing, you know, that's a people problem. And what you said about mission and vision and repeating it is golden. And maybe it's the mission. Maybe it's the vision. Maybe it's the values. Maybe it's the service standard. Maybe it's, maybe it's, yeah. maybe it's one, you know, I mean, you know, maybe your mission is, you know, 87 years old and is still valid, but isn't going to motivate anybody. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe it's the core values or the value statement or something that of, of those organizational drivers that are, are right at its core, that are going to be the thing that brings everybody together. That's the thing that you need to keep repeating. And I've had clients say that too. It's like, well, you know, I already said it, shouldn't they just know it? And I always go and back to the idea that, and this is my belief that your employees are your, your first customer or your first client or, or better yet your first prospect. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and when you do, you're putting that advertising out there. You know, you're hearing that same tagline, or you're hearing that same commercial, or watching, you know, that same advertisement. You know, there are some of these these commercials out there. You see them fifteen, sixteen, seventeen times, and you may have laughed at them, and then by the eighteenth, you're saying, "Oh yeah, that's Geico. All right, <laughs> cool." You know, and it, and it took that many times for you to realize it. So how many times do you think you need to say it to your busy team, your busy employees before it sinks in with them?
1: Well, and you bring up a really good point because at this at time, if you're going to want them to take on ownership, mm-hmm. you have to also help them start to internalize some things. Right. So I can say, you know, our, our guiding principle is that we empower prosperity for every business owner, period. That gives a lot of freedom to how we do our work if we feel like oh man we just need to do this even though it's above and beyond mm-hmm. because that's our that's our guiding principle. But I've gone into teams where I'll be like, I'm like, okay, so what are your values? And I'll get two out of five. And I'll and I'll look at the owner I'm like, then we don't have the right five. Mm-hmm. And it, when the owner can't say it either, then I'm like, we don't have the right five. Let's simplify, simplify, simplify. And I so interesting. I actually have on my desk. I have this bracelet that is one of my clients. They're all women. It's very nice. Yeah, it's, it's no, nice. it's, <laughs> it's nice. Right. I'm going I'm going to, you can see it, but I know our audience can't. So it has their logo on one side. Let's see. And then it has their values. Mm-hmm. Ah, It's so small. It says, um, generous integrity and care. Mm-hmm. And so when I first started working with them, they had seven values and nobody could remember them. And then when you, you do this, when we got them down to three, And then we're like, what does that mean to you? What does that mean to you? And each team member would talk about what it means. You just saw people light up. They're like, I love that we care. That means I can take a a little extra time with this client. Mm -hmm. And they feel so much more empowered to do a really good job. But it it takes a little bit to get there. And I think at some point in time, yes, we have to be the the beacon, right? You've got to be the beacon. But then you also have to start saying, well, what does that mean to you? How does that show up? How did it show up in whatever it was? Or we all have like, this month is care. Nominate your team member that showed care this month. So that we're constantly reinforcing. Plus we're making a little fun, um, you know, a little fun along fun? the
0: way. Oh, God forbid you have fun <sighs> in your job. You could still do that.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't cool. want to work anywhere where it's not fun. Why would anybody come on? My time is precious i've got stuff to do as said as everybody else so let's make it fun because then again it, it's just good juju and if you can get good juju to feed good juju then your job is going to be 10 times easier as a business owner so like you said your job once you've got team is to take care of the team so the team can take care of your clients
0: yeah
1: um it's just the way it works
0: yep yeah, i i think that it's even more imperative to to have this ultimate team dynamic of involvement yeah i used to say even in this show how we can better engage our teams and i thought you know that's not enough you know we need to involve our teams today and i think that that concept is even more important in a service-based business because if you're making a product, you know, like we've got, I don't, I'm not personally an Apple guy. I don't have any Apple products, uh, but, you know, people will wait in line for like five days for the latest iPhone or, you know, whatever else Apple is producing because they, they love their product. Yeah, they don't necessarily, you know, care about the service they're getting, getting it. You know, it's like I could order it online. You know, if somebody ticks me off at Best Buy, I'll go to the Apple store and still buy that product. But when it comes to, to service, whether you're a restaurant or an accounting firm or a law firm or a bank or a spa or any of those – yeah, there are plenty of, there's plenty of competition out there. So if you're not taking your, take care of your team where they're not focused on the management or the ownership being a problem, when they're focused solely on the customer, client, or member, yeah, that's when you have an involved team. That's when you have a real brand that you're offering to the public.
1: It is. And it's when you get to that point in time that you actually find some golden nuggets, you know, if we'll come in and um, when we're working on growth, one of the first things we're looking for, we're looking for easy wins and low hanging opportunities. If I got team, I half the time, I always talk to my business owners, but I'm like, when we're bringing the team together, I need you to be in listen mode, not talk mode. We need to be in listen mode because I have to make sure your team feels that they can bring something to the table. Because if they can, and I don't care if they're right, I don't know the history. You know, this is the value I bring. I don't know all the backstory. So I'm completely open to everything. Everything's game. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that is a golden nugget. And half half the time, these golden nuggets are the really simple things. You know, if we just did this versus this, Mm -hmm. that's your gateways to profitability and to scalability. But we, as owners, get into the, I know mode and I know doesn't work. It's not a team building activity (laughs) at all. It it puts distance between. So, um, you know, the the old adage, you have two ears, one mouth, then you should be Mm -hmm. listening twice as much as you're speaking, uh, especially with your teams.
0: Well, you you don't get buy-in that way and you don't get involvement. Um, and, and I truly believe you, you spoke to it a little bit earlier in terms of ownership. If you, if you want your team to have ownership, you need them involved in the process and even involved in the very core of the business. Uh, when, when I work with businesses and I see that we need service standards, I never go to management and say, hey, let's get together and put together some service standards. You know, I say, we need service standards here. Let's get everybody involved. If it's a small team, let's get everybody involved in a room. If it's a larger team, let's create sub teams that -hmm. are cross functional, where we use the mission, vision and values to have them begin to create service standards. So they already have buy-in because they've created it. Yeah, yeah. we may we we in management with me may wordsmith, uh, we may move some words around or something, but the core meaning came from them, yeah. not from me. It's not just one other thing that's being pushed down on them. They created it.
1: Yeah, well, and I think that's a valid point. There's a point in time where I'll say you can either you your employees can be told, or your employees can do the telling. If your employees are doing the telling and feeding it from the bottom up, it's always going to be better. But we just, for a lot of people for so long, they're the ones that have had to move the needle, move the ship and push the the boulder up the mountain. And it's a hard change in roles to really understand that I've got to now start, you know, allowing other people to step forward. And it doesn't diminish my value or my worth in my own business because I'm still the owner.
0: Yep. Yep, exactly. And also, as I tell many owners and CEOs, you don't want to do everything anyway. Don't take everything on your shoulders. If you have involvement and in buy-in, you could delegate something and know that it's actually going to get done.
1: <laughs> I know. I try to say it's not a buffet. We don't have an endless plate. We're not trying to pile it up as high as we can. You know, foundationally, you have to add things to your plate. But when you're getting into a massive growth and math, the scalability for everything that comes on, something's got to go off, you know, and you just, you we're not machines, not your team's not a machine and you're not a machine. So let's just take a chillax pill with that. And, um, think about running businesses, humans for humans. You know, and it just, when when you do good work and everything's a win, 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 it all is beautiful.
0: Yeah.
1: And when, and if you get hit by, you know, an obstacle or a roadblock or an accident, whatever, everybody comes together. It's not just about you having to save things. It's about everybody comes together because there's something that they believe in. And that is what I think is um, really lacking a lot in our society is giving somebody something to believe in believing in your people, rewarding your people, praising your people, you know, and having them feel seen and heard and contribute, man, that would just, that would change the world. There's your changing the world, world changing philosophy for the day.
0: Yeah. For you, for some of these, these teams that are, are just spent. Yeah. I remember, witnessing this and feeling this you know after the great recession that there were there were a number of people who i thought were were good leaders at one time uh and or had the capacity to be good leaders uh but you know were so beaten down and so spent from all of the crap <laughs> well you use a simple word that was going on much of it you know of no fault of their own and yet as things maybe not got to normal but at least got to where you could take a breath you know yeah. or like all right i could breathe a little bit you know with some of those teams that are just spent you know mm-hmm. and and can take are getting close to being able to take a breath right now do you have a tip or two for them as how to bring that, that empowerment, bring that engagement back?
1: You know, I look at it as when you've gone through something traumatic, you know, and that's it's trauma and business happens just mm-hmm. as much. You have to allow for the healing part of it. So part of that's rest and allowing for rest, even if maybe the vacation days aren't there, you know, I would be like, go take the day off. Nope. Not counting against anything. Go. And by the way, You know, if I could, I'd be like, here's, here's a $50 gift card. You don't even have to cook dinner tonight. You know, I would just look for those little touches that allow that person to recoup. If you really know your team, you'll know how each individual recoups the best. Uh, For some people, it's adventure and outdoors. For some people, it's rest and relaxation, you know, allowing some space for that. Um, I think the other big thing is to recognize what you have accomplished. If you're still standing, you've done a lot and you can choose to look at all your bruises and and scars because they, they happen um, and focus on the fact that they're still there. Or you can say, what did we do? 365 days, we lost 40% of our business because that's some people's story. We didn't lay off a single person. We're still here, you know, and I think you have to recognize um, that the wins and some days if it, the winds is we're just still standing, that's a great wind to celebrate. And, you know, allow that recognition to happen, that that consciousness, and then start the rebuild.
0: Yeah.
1: And because there's some things you're going to come up out of this time with going, I never want to do that again. And I went through 07, 08. I was in um, interior design and construction at that time. So I went through a huge mm-hmm. downturn. This time, uh, it's a totally different story. It's a totally different story, but that was because after that, I went, I'm never, and you know, was, I feel like Scarlett O'Hara in the farm with my carrot, I will never be hungry again. <laughs> you know, I, just, I won't, there are some things I won't do again. And I think that's, it, it's a great little way to put a stake in the ground and say, this is how we're gonna do things differently. This has been, and I've said the whole time through the last couple of years, if you ever wanted to change something, even if it was just like that little fingernail on the chalkboard, do it now. Do yeah. it now, do it, do it, do it before we get into a normal, comfortable routine again. Yeah. It's an yeah. amazing
0: time. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And I think too, and you alluded to it a little bit, it, it's wise to understand that you need the healing and the recovery in some way, shape or form, I think that as leaders, it's wise to look back and really understand and embrace the brutal facts of what you're healing from. And yeah. my, my point being, and, and I want your opinion on this um, as, a, as a fellow expert on culture building with uh, service-based companies is it's one thing, and I've seen both of these scenarios. It's one thing to go through hell and to have been irate about projects and things and so forth, not getting done, but not having gotten personal. Mm. And, then, and then there's a whole nother thing because I know, you know, people are people and some people go to this place is, is they start yelling and they get dictatorial during, during crises. And it gets personal. Yeah. It um, does. And so when it's in my mind, when it's the former, it's a hey, you know what? You know we we had these issues, we had these problems, you know, and we're going to learn from them. And it's a little bit easy easier to leverage that because you haven't necessarily gone to the core of an individual. Uh, yeah. The the other is tougher because you know you use using my my Chicago based terms. You know when we went through all this, boss, you were a jagoff and. Yeah. <laughs> it's me and my friend and so on and so forth. Yeah, is this what we got to expect the next crisis, you know, we have? So I think that you really need to understand when you get to take that breath using your words exactly what we need to heal from.
1: Yeah, and I think you're right there because we're all human at the end of the day. I am not I don't always show up as my best self. Sure you um, do. You know, you do, uh, I
0: do. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're experts. We always show up as our,
1: <laughs> <person>. <laughs> I think, um, you know, taking ownership is a huge deal, uh, to that healing aspect. Like if you were that person that just did not show up the right way, um, having some private time with that other individual and saying, I totally screwed that up. I mean, I totally did it. I did this. I shouldn't have done that. Um, I I'm apologizing for it, but I'd like to hear your side of the story and allowing, I think you can't, I mean the apology is one thing, right. And, and having that good faith effort, but you have to allow that person the opportunity to air as well. And I always come to it because if I come into a situation where the owner has done that, they've recognized it, but they don't know what to do. You know, I'm like, first we gotta, we gotta acknowledge, you can't, you have to have full transparency here. But the second part of it is, is we need to understand what created that situation because it was your fear that came to head. You know, I have a friend that's a a psychotherapist and she talks about we, your brain has this inner, inner T-Rex. And so sometimes (laughs) I'll be somewhere when I've not been my best and she'll go like this behind me and I'm like, oh, my T-Rex is just ignited their T-Rex and was like, I got to chill out my T-Rex. That's what's going on in the back of my brain. So we just, we need to figure out what it was that triggered that circumstance. And a lot of times it's fear. And so if we can mitigate the risks of the fear and work on our personal development, our emotional intelligence and all that stuff, typically we can rectify the situation. But at the same time, if you've got a relationship that can't be healed and that may happen, I, you know, I am very conscious about the quality of morale and if we've done due diligence and it can't be brought back up to the level of letting those relationships go because you've got a bigger vision, yeah, you know, and learning and and growing from them. And like I said, putting in stuff that makes sure that that will never happen to you again, your Scarlett O'Hara moment. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, I actually never saw that movie, but I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with your scarlet little hair.
1: Grandmother's favorite movie. Really? Uh, yeah, I actually read the book in three days. It's a pretty good book. It's a better book than a movie, but anyways.
0: <laughs> for for another show, but another. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you're you're exactly right. I think that there are even times there are times where relationships just can't be mended um and and that's when you know as harsh as it may sound you write out that check and say don't go away mad just go away yeah uh, but there are other times too I, I could think back to when I was in corporate life um and it wasn't even a crisis mode it was just a busy mode and you had mentioned but see all the all the really good stuff happens before we press the record button Leslie and I had, had this, <laughs> had a conversation on disc and we shared that we were both DIs. And uh, I said right from the beginning that we're either going to have this great show, which fortunately we're having because everything she's saying, I agree with 100%. You know, or we're just going to go and butt heads because, <laughs> because that's how DIs are, yeah. um, especially on the D part. But yeah, I had somebody on my staff that was clearly a C. And you may know from your work that- You if, see
1: the big breath that I'm taking? Yeah.
0: <laughs> For those of you that are listening to the audio, she's taking a very big breath with very wide eyes. Uh, but, but yeah, this is, this is where the, the emotional intelligence comes in and understanding you know, the value of, of DISC and personality assessments is I realized early on that I was dealing with a seat. And for those of you that don't know about this, it's my opinion and theory that D's and C's irritate the ever-living crap out of each other unless they realize it ahead of time. Because D's want it their way and C's want it the right way. And and well, it C's have a tendency to ask a lot of questions and go in depth, and these want to move on, and so I got into this very, very bad habit in our team meetings when my seagull, who is extremely talented, by the way, um, would go on and on and on, and I would say, "You know, we've already talked about this enough, let's move on." And I think it was maybe the fifth or sixth, because I'm not that bright. Uh, it was probably the fifth, fifth or sixth stupid time that I said that. And fortunately, I had the wherewithal to kind of look and see the reaction on her face in this team meeting. And we were, we were just about to leave. And I said, hold on a second. Does it bother you when I say we've talked about this too much? And in front of everybody, it allowed her to say yes. Yes, it does bother me. I think it's dismissive. I and she went on and on and on, and I let her go. And I said, "You know what? You're exactly right. I don't want anybody to feel like they're dismissed. I will do my best to never say that again." And all of you are on uh, are on point right now. That if I ever say that, you can you could call me to task and tell yeah. me you said never. You would never say that again, and I will apologize on the spot and change my attitude. So sometimes. If you realize it and you allow the team to see that, hey, you're fallible and you could change, it allows the team to buy into, all right, you know, our our team leader isn't always perfect. You know, he made a mistake, he yep. owned up to it in front of us. Let's move on. Yep.
1: And I, you know, it's so interesting. I actually married into a family of engineers, so I have a whole lot of season. in my family. <laughs> God
0: help you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Some days I'm like, I'll be back in two hours after y'all done talking about the 40 ways to that it can be done. And I'll tell you the way that we are going to do it so we can move along. <laughs> um, so I, do, I do react to my family differently than I would in, in some business situations. Of course. But I, think, I think knowing who you're talking to, and there's a lot of different tools to be able to do that. DISC to me is real simple. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I, I know the ballpark I need to be in, and then I need to see where you are in your spectrum. Um, but I think for me, where, as I've adopted that in my own life, in my own business, I lead with questions more than the tell, because I want to tell, I can tell all day long. I have no problem in that regard, but especially when I'm with the high C, like I typically go, what is it that you need to hear from me?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, give me the little bullet list. Yeah. And then I will go here. And then hopefully we can minimize the questions. Cause I agree, you know, I'm like. Oh, well, just, just, just do it. Like, it doesn't have to be perfect. Good is good enough. I mean, come on, let's move on.
0: Well, I could literally have a whole show with you on disc, uh, but we, we kind of got off the rails here, but we do, <laughs> but we do that sometimes on cool culture corner and my other shows in order to, to make a valuable extra point. So you got, you got extra out there. Uh, no my audience well, and, I'll,
1: and I'll go back to, if you want to empower and engage your team, knowing how to communicate them yeah. in the way that they need to hear, you know, is really important. It's really important.
0: So, yeah yeah that's that's a great point to to begin wrapping up that if you truly want to involve your teams you you, you got to know your team members uh because what works with one very well may not work with another no it's just like humans oh, go figure well the last question <laughs> The last question I have for you, at least for today, is how can our audience find you and tap into your great expertise, Leslie?
1: Well, thank you. So obviously we have a website, Your Biz Rules. We give a lot away. And that's kind of one of my deals with God that we would just give away as much as we could give away and when people need us they know how to come to us but i have something a little fun um to no help we people.
0: we no no we no don't, don't do, we know, don't there's do anything fun, fun on my shows All right. Just, just because you're not, you're nice and you, and you mentioned the Lord, we could, we could have some fun. Well, give us, okay, good.
1: (laughs) So um, we have a quiz at scalingrich.com and it will help you understand where you are in your journey. If you're in growth mode, if you're in scalability mode and really give you some key things to look out for, like, look, this area that you're in, in your business, you need to look for this in your team, this in your systems, this in your profitability, Um, and then we share a couple of great tools depending on where you are. So the scaling rich quiz, you know, only about 12% of businesses actually get into a mode of being able to scale profitably, um, and have a rich team and rich experience. So we're, we're empowering prosperity for every business center. And this, the quiz is a great way to do that.
0: Awesome. Well, One, uh, to my great audience out there, go and take that quiz and grab anything you can that's free from from Leslie on her website because she has some amazing insight. Uh, And most importantly, thank you for sharing some of that insight with us today. Well,
1: thanks for having me. I had a blast.
0: My pleasure. Thank you so much. And thank you to all of you who have just listened to Cool Culture Corner. And we'll be back with you in about a week with another great episode. Take care. Now a word from our sponsor, Bader Training and Consulting. Do you have a specific brand, culture, or strategy problem in your business? Maybe you know something's wrong, but you don't necessarily know exactly what the problem is. Well, BTC offers periodically 15-minute free strategy sessions. They're completely complimentary. We give you a tip that you can implement in your business that's going to help your brand, culture, or strategy in that 15-minute call. And it's not a 15-minute sales call. It is a deep dive into a specific issue that you may be having at your unique business. To schedule a 15-minute strategy session, go to www.btc.com. Inc.net and go to the contact us page simply put in your information and in the comments. All you need to do is put strategy session and we will contact you about scheduling your unique 15 minute strategy session to help your unique business.